0: Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. New year, new opportunities. That's that's what I hear every year, and it is true, isn't it? There's just something about the last week of the year where things kind of get cleared out just a little bit where you can feel like I take a breath and now we're going into something new. And even the first week of the new year to me is kind of like catching a breath between waves. You know, like it, things slow down just a moment, you take a good breath and you get ready to paddle on. It's like, okay, here we go, you know, 19, uh, 19, 2017. And so here we go, I've been around a while. And uh, it was a good year, 1962, yes it was. Uh, Whenever we do talk about newness in the new year and we're moving into this series called Surprise by Hope, uh, newness is something in the church that probably only comes along when we want to do some new program, right? We want to like... Refocus or let's try something new or this, but I think we miss many times the importance of the gospel and what Christ has done Through the newness that Jesus said he was going to bring to this earth This is going to be our journey for the next eight weeks today's just the primer kind of a preview uh, I look at what we're going to be uh, studying in our small groups. There's a DVD. I've, I've been through my guide twice already. I get something out of it every single time. And there's a book about 20 times the size of this, if you ever want to read it, uh, that goes that N.T. Wright wrote. But this is the guide, and it's, it's wonderful. So as you listen to some of this today, I hope that you will say, gosh, you know, I want to find out more about what it means to be new, new in Christ. And what has Christ done here on the earth. It makes it so wonderful, and it should be fresh and new every day. When I uh, became a Christian, I I, uh, came to Christ in what was called the Jesus Movement, and and the biggest thing being preached at that time was that you get your sins forgiven so you don't have to go to hell. And then pretty soon, Jesus is going to come back, and he's going to sweep everybody up, And he's going to leave all the pagans here, and he's going to take all the good little Christians up with him, and then all hell's going to break loose on the earth. And in about seven years later, then Jesus is going to come back and establish, you know what, somebody told me that. I never read it, but somebody told me that, and then somebody put a book called The Late Great Planet Earth in my tingling little sweaty fingers of being a brand new Jesus follower, and I gobbled it up. And so I would tell everybody that. I'm like, you don't know, Jesus could come back now. (laughs) I said, it could have been then. and we, I was taking these guys to Cape Hatteras on a surf trip in January when you know, we were driving down before they had a the nice road in through the swamps and back around, and, and I'm just preaching the whole way. Well, you know, it could happen right now. And uh, one of the guys, Steve, he told me just a few years ago, he said, you know, Tim, when you did that, we were all watching your hands in case they disappeared so that we could grab the steering wheel and not run into the swamps. <laughs> you know, my my good news was then... As innocent as it was. My good news was that, hey, you get to get out of this world. Amen. You get to get, just get out of here. And that was really now that I look back on it. It was very limited in the greatness and the goodness of who Jesus is and what he's done. So this series is all about the goodness of God and the newness of what he invites us into. Uh, You're going to be challenged a little bit in this. Uh, If you have been around a little while in Christian circles, you're going to be challenged just a little bit to kind of read some scriptures again. There's nothing controversial as far as, I mean, N.T. Wright is one of the most respected theologians by everybody, basically, in the world. So he's good and solid. But you're going to be challenged, and you're going to gain an enormous amount of hope for your life. Because I tell you, just hoping that you go to heaven soon limits the gospel completely that is so so limiting but what has God invited us into and what is he doing that's what we want to talk about and that's what we're going to talk about today and we're going to be about over the next eight weeks at the end of at the end of our journey, we're going to celebrate like the days of preview. Uh, the last Sunday, I'm hoping that many of you will say, gosh, Tim, we'll get you on video or whatever. This is what I learned. This is what I found out. I knew there had to be more to this than just escape. And uh, and we can get you in, uh, on, on the video. We can celebrate. And that eighth Sunday, we can come together and just have a wonderful Sunday celebrating knowing what God has invited us into and what he has done on this earth. Um, So today, like I said, is a preview. We're going to read from 2 Corinthians 5.17, just one verse this morning to launch out. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is Paul writing, obviously, from the term 2 Corinthians. It's this second letter that we know of uh, written to this group in Corinth. They're a very interesting church in Corinth, very... uh, Flamboyant in some ways and active and exciting and bragging on their spiritual gifts and and uh, just kind of out of control a little bit and Paul had to go in and first the first letter and deal with some things and then the second letter that he writes to this coastal town, middle of commerce, and there's so many different types of people in this city, kind of like ours and and uh, so much trade and all going on uh, evidently there is something that's happened between the church and paul and and there's a little little bit of a rub going on somehow and so Paul is speaking to them and trying to say don't fall back into the old way don't fall back into your old way of looking at life your old way of doing life no come on let's see what Jesus did which is the same thing I would say to all of us let's don't fall back let's just don't hit a rut I mean Christianity should never be a rut ever Now, life can be a rut but not with the perspective. Perspective's everything, right? Once we have the right perspective, God's perspective of what this earth is about and who we are and what our part is to play and what Jesus has done, it changes everything. And so Paul is trying to say, look, look forward. Look to what God has done in Christ to you guys. You need to look at me the way Christ looks at me, the, way, the lens that he has given to the world through himself, you need to begin to look at me, and I need to look at you that way. And then we read these words that some of you, some of you have uh, read before. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. In the original language, it really goes, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and then it's like, it's just dash new creation. There's no verbs in that latter part. So it's like a sudden announcement. Like if you are in Christ, bang, new creation. Just boom, like that. But the translations try to tie it together. and, and But it can be a little sometimes misleading. They put new creation has come. Uh, but I like that sudden announcement. Bang, new creation. There it is. Did you feel like that when, when, you, when you came to Christ? Like bang. You know suddenly, your eyes changed, the world changed things looked different, you felt different things smelled different. People look different to you, and I looked at them you know, you know how you look people right you know you you get you just get jaded and you get ugh, you know, I just don't like some people you know and then you, you get you get you get different eyes and you see the earth differently, and you see people differently and bang, new creation, and it can change everything it could change everything about us and so um let me pray over this, and uh, I've been reading so much, I'm so excited about it, but, uh, and, and uh, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for Paul, who walked so closely with you, and uh, thank you for allowing his letters to get to us so that we can read um, his instructions and his encouragement and correction, Lord, to the churches of his day. And we pray he speaks to us here in our, our day, in our locale, Lord, and to our hearts, Because I think humans are the same. Lord, we're the same. And so we ask that you speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. N.T. Wright says, uh, if we can get the quote up there on the screen to start this with. With Jesus, God's rescue operation has been put into effect once and for all. A great door has swung open in the cosmos which can never again be shut. It's the door to the prison where we've been chained up. We are to go through the open door and explore the new world to which we now have access. In particular, we are all invited, summoned actually, to discover through following Jesus that this new world is indeed a place of justice, spirituality, relationship, and beauty. And that we are not only to enjoy it as such, but to work at bringing it to birth on earth as in heaven. In listening to Jesus, we discover whose voice it is that has echoed around the hearts and minds of the human race all along. And I think what he mean, means at the end of that is somehow in all of us there has been this pull, this hunger, that there is indeed more to understand about this world and what is it. And many of us go through different religious paths and, or through all kind of ways to make sense of life. And, and Wright's version of this is as we ponder this and as we walk this and as we come to Jesus, we find out that it was Jesus all along that was pursuing us. And calling us to understand life, to understand purpose, and to understand who we are. So what does it mean to be, this is your fill-in, what does it mean to be in Christ? If you are in Christ. That's kind of an odd saying, isn't it? In Christ. But it's one of Paul's favorite statements. He uses it quite often in uh, his letters, in the epistles. But what does it mean? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ found in Christ. Um, I think of it this way. I'll give you a good little uh, mental practice in a minute. But it's like coming in here this morning. We are all in this building. We are here and you guys have kindly given me your attention and you're listening. And so it, it that's a part of being in. We are in this building, right? We're in here. We're in the vineyard this morning, the building that the vineyard owns, and we are Learning about God. Being in Christ means being hid in Him. And there's, there's actually a, another scripture that says in Galatians 3, 3, 4, you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Now, you, this sounds real mystifying, doesn't it? I mean, when you think about it. But this being in Christ means you have died with Christ, but you're alive in Christ. We took communion just a few moments ago. That was a celebration of what? The new covenant, right? We have two two, uh, traditions in the church that we practice. One is baptism and one is communion. Both of them have everything to do with new and death. Because anytime there is something new, there is death to something else. And so being in Christ is, like when we baptize people, I always say, hey, you're going down into the grave, right? Your old life, you're going down, down, down into the grave. And when that water washes over you, you are buried. Just like Christ was dead and buried, you are in it. Now, if it wasn't Christ, that would be it. We just hold you down. (laughs) I I mean, life, right? Right. But here's the thing, you know, here's the thing. You are in Christ. Now, what happened to Christ? That wasn't the end of it, was it? Right, it wasn't the end. Woo, out. Life, you getting this? Those who are in Christ, new creation, new creation, new agreement with God, new covenant. Um, A lot of this, this uh, whole. Let's say template for this is based in the Old Testament as, as God chose a people, Israel, to be his people and to bring the Messiah through. Now, you know how the story goes if you've read the Old Testament, right? They do pretty good for a while. Then they mess up. They mess up bad. God goes, okay, you want to mess up? I'll send you into exile. Go. You know, Egyptians come along, take them, take them as slaves, Babylonians, Assyrians, different people points of exile and taken, and then they cry out to God, God hears, God goes, okay, you guys, you figured it out, you know, it's better to follow me, okay, he deals with the Egyptians, he deals with the Assyrians, he deals with the Babylonians, and Romans, whoever, and up they come, and off they go on their trek through the wilderness, free, God gives them the law, God speaks to them, says, I've got a promised land for you, right? Right? They get to the promised land. They don't obey. Babylonians come in, take them captive. They cry out to God. God comes, releases them. It's over and over and over again. Israel never, never completed, never fulfilled the call. Of course, God knew that all along. But in Jesus, when he went into exile for us, down into the grave... Unlike the off and on again relationship that we may have had in the past, or even that Israel had in the past with them, Jesus' relationship with his father is not like that. Once he came out of exile, he came out, what? To everlasting life, free. Now, this is the view we need. What we need is when we come up out of the ground, you're in that tomb, a lot of us stop and sit on the side of the the grave. We're like, wow, that was pretty good. And always sitting inside the grave, you know. This is our view from outside the grave. But what's outside the mouth of the tomb? There's a whole other life out there. When Mary Magdalene showed up at the tomb in, in the Gospel of John, when she saw that Jesus wasn't there and the angels were talking to her and she turned and she saw someone outside the mouth of the tomb. And who was it? The gardener. Remember? She says, I thought it was, says she thought it was the gardener. Well, it was it was. It was Jesus going back to Eden. Here we go. The tomb is open. Life is here. No more going back into death. No more over the cycle, over and over and over again. Now you are new in Christ Jesus. Come on, Mary. Let's go. You get this? That's a whole different perspective. So my challenge is, this is what I've been doing for about three weeks now. Is every day I imagine myself in the tomb. I know that sounds sad. But, uh, you, know, I, I, but uh, you know, you come up out of the water and you look out of the mouth of the tomb and you see Jesus kind of smiling going, <laughs> you know, come on. You know, you're never going back in there again. You're never going back in there again. It's done. It is finished. Now there is what? Not just new me, but new creation. There is new life to apprehend, and to come and experience. So this is, going to be our, this is going to be our journey. Baptism, communion, all of it speaks to that newness. It speaks to the new agreement that we have with God through Jesus' blood. And baptism is that new life. It's dead. It's gone. And we're up. And there's a new creation. So, But what new has come? This is your second one. What new has come? Certainly, it's an act of creation in our hearts. How many of you would say you have changed some since you've come to know Christ? How many of your neighbors would say you have changed some since you've come to know Christ? <laughs> because uh, how many wives would say their husbands have changed some since they? There's the real, that's the real rub there. And, 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 uh, but, but we have, and we do, don't we? We do, because there is something new working in us now. There is new life. Death cannot bring life. Unless it's through Christ. He's the only one. And so part of that new life, what is that, uh, the new that has come is indeed it's us. But look, that scripture that we had up a while ago where it said if anyone is in Christ, think of it literally, dash, new creation. When it says new creation, it doesn't mean just you. See, we Americans are so individualistic. We are so individualistic. Everything we do is centered around ourselves or those closest to us. It's not seen as a broader picture. But this has to do with creation. I mean, I was taught early on in Christianity, why care about anything. God's going to come here and burn the whole place up. You know, he's going to take the nasty sinners. He's going to burn them. He's going to drop, you know, his holy H-bomb on all of the world. He's going to burn it up, and I'm going to go to heaven, which I never got quite figured out, but you're going to hear a little bit about in this series. And sitting on a cloud is kind of weird, probably for four or five seconds. I'd enjoy that, but I don't play a harp. But, you know, it all of that, and white robes is a little weird to me. Uh-uh. And uh, so, you know, that 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 is... So limiting of what God is, wants to do and is going to do in our lives. When it says new creation, he means new creation. You know why you love outside? You know why you love to walk on this beach? You guys live here at the beach, the best place in the world to live. You know why? Because God has put beauty in your heart. You know deep down inside of you that there's something very special about beauty. You know that. Now, the beauty isn't God, but you know that God created it. He made it, and he wants to make things even more beautiful, and he wants to populate the earth with beauty. And I mean, why do we love art? I think art is the language of the prophetic. It's the language of, of the music of God to us that things can be beautiful and that in Christ things are wonderful. In him, no, not away from him, certainly not, but in him, new creation, new creation. That's why we have hope because there can be a new creation. That's why we have hope for our businesses when they seem to be dropping and we go, why? Because you were created to create. That is a part of the newness that's in you. You were meant to make things, to create things. Not give up and walk off and go, come get me, Jesus. (laughs) No, No, you were meant to walk out of the grave to the gardener and let's go. Let's get going. Let's go. Come on and let's see how much beauty that you can participate in me, with me, in this earth and make. That is, that's part of that new creation. That's what it means to see new come. Just just a bit of it. Another part of it is what you're doing right now. You're sitting in community. The word new creation doesn't just mean individual. Matter of fact, it's rarely, it really means that when those words are used together. It means a bigger picture, new creation. And you're sitting in a community, and that certainly is part of what Paul is talking about to the Corinthians. He's saying, listen, you guys are a part of a new community. It's not like any other gathering. This is a gathering of people who love Jesus and are following Jesus out into the world to see his kingdom come, to see his newness come, to see what he's placed in our hearts come, what he wants for this earth to come. So treat me, Paul says, Treat me like that and let me treat you like that because this is a different community. This is a new community, new, fresh. That's why we have hope for our relationships because there's newness in being a Christian. God can create in our hearts newness and, and uh, fresh eyes to see and appreciate things in one another and to forgive and to, to, uh, to engage when we don't feel like it. That's a part of the new life that God has for us. So, but what what old has gone? What about the old? Well, I tell you, you know, I could go through a litany of things that I'm very grateful that, that go with Christ. One is like guilt, right? I think guilt is good when you're guilty. <laughs> It helps, you, it helps you realize, you know, that you did something wrong. Uh, but when that guilt gets attached to who you are and you say, I am bad because I did something wrong, that kind of thing, uh, you know, out, when you're a Christian, that can lead you down some very dark roads and depressive episodes and all kind of things. But when you realize that God has come and Jesus has come and the newness is that your old self, the way it keeps trying to raise itself from the dead, is dead, then there is new life for you. Every time you fail or something, that was like your old life. And you see the contrast between the old and the new. And you go, I so much want that new. And yeah, we're in between the ages of what they call the already and the not yet. Jesus has come. He's released his power. He has shown us how to live. And one day he will return. He'll set it up on this earth like it should be. And everything will be put to rights. And in between the time, we get to practice. We get to say, thy kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, right now. You ever pray that when you're having a very tough time with someone, a situation in your business, in your home, your kingdom come right now, God. I want your new life, your kingdom to come right now to my heart, my affections, my mental capacities, the way I think, my wisdom. Help me go through this in a new way. Give me a new perspective. So the old has passed away. He means the old way of doing business. The old way of looking at people. The old way of appreciating the world. The old way of looking at God. All of that has passed away and the new has come. When you look at someone, when you look at anyone, it can, I mean, God's presence can change the way you look at a person when you used to didn't value them and you used to didn't care for them, all of a sudden you look at them and you see a person that God loves and it was his plan for this person to be on the earth. And God, you've put me in front of them. What do I do? How do I participate with you and this person? What's my part to play? That's the newness instead of get me out of here, God. you know (laughs) That thing, what do I do, gardener? Where do you put me in the garden and help me, help me hoe and help me you know, bring forth the life that you want me to bring forth? How do I do this? Help me, God. Let me follow you. Gardener, bring me those new seeds of life and let me walk with you. The old is gone. The barrier between God and us is gone. It's, it's gone. It's down. Now we have free access, the scripture says. You don't have to grovel. If, if God is here, you don't have to, you know how this science fiction, they're trying to get to the reactor and they're, you know, they're clawing their way in and all the power's coming at them. You don't have to do that anymore with God. It says the door's wide open because of the newness that's in Christ. And now a welcome mat has been laid out for you to come. That separation is gone between you and God because of Christ. You have free access. You don't have to ask me to go. You don't have to ask a priest to go for you. You don't have to ask anybody to go for you. You can go. Now, it's nice when other people pray with us like we always like. But you have access, full access. And you didn't have that before. But you've got it now. That is something wonderfully new, wonderfully new for all of us. You're going to hear a term over the next six weeks, like a a term that's vocation. Wright loves that term, vocation. I uh, I talked to some businessmen last week at a at a Bible study, and I was thinking about this word vocation. The word vocation means to call. Did you know that? It's, it's a holy word, really. But we all say, what is your vocation? In other words, what do you do for a living? But in the word itself, the Latin in the word is to call. It's like a holy calling. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever your vocation is, is your call. You get that? That is your call. In the moment, now, your vocation. What is it that God wants to do with you right now where you are? With new eyes to see, we can see that there is no mistaken point in our lives that whatever we find our hands to do, we do it with all of our heart, and in that moment that is our vocation and so it becomes a holy thing at that time it becomes i mean it 's a new perspective is it not and so everywhere we go and all that we do is a new moment in time it 's a new it has its own Uh, possibilities, new possibilities every day because of what Christ has done. And so, you know, the challenge and, you know, if you want to ask the question, what difference does it make? Well, it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference between living the old way and not taking advantage of the newness that Christ offers you and going back to the old status quo or the same old, same old. But when you know you've been invited into a new life, now, this doesn't mean there's not pain. Suffering, believe it or not, is a part of this. It's a part of it because we do not grieve, though, the Scripture tells us, as those who have no hope. Amen. Doesn't mean we don't grieve, but it means that we don't grieve like those who don't have hope. Yeah, we feel sad and we feel lost and we cry and we miss things, and we, but there is a hope beyond our moment. Amen. That is new. That is new. That's not mind tricks That's new. That's a new thing that Christ is going to come and put all things to right one day. And until that time, I'm going to be about my father's business doing the same thing right here and right now. So if I suffer loss, I'm going to redeem it by being with someone who has suffered loss. Whatever is taken from me, I will give back to the person that is suffering it now. That's the Christian thing, right? that's one of our calls that's one of the things that's new life is you come alongside someone with the comfort that you've been comforted with and you give it away you give it to the next person and the next person and when we go through these trials and these times they become the hotbed of new relationships and, and a new aspect of God's kingdom coming to restore the brokenhearted and to be there for those who are lonely so we're going to launch into this series. Next week, you've got this week to find a small group and, uh, or start one. Uh, you'll love N.T. Wright because he's an Englishman, and uh, he, he talks. Uh, the talks are short, and uh, they're very meaningful. And this gives you guys an opportunity to dig a little deeper than you have before. But it's very approachable and very understandable. as for the whole church. But it will help you dig a little deeper and to shore up your belief system. And I think it's going to excite you. I think you're going to really, really like it. And I want to close today with this uh, quote from Wright. He says, the challenge of the gospel is to live cheerfully in that new world. That's the challenge, isn't it? For us to live cheerfully in this new world that God is making. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. I pray that you'd open our hearts up and our understanding over the next few weeks. And Lord, I pray right now that uh, if there's anyone here who does not find themselves in you, uh, that they would simply, simply acknowledge that you are the way, that you are the truth, that you are the life. That you came to give life and life more abundant, Lord. And so I I would ask you, maybe, I think it's good for us to to say, yeah, this was the moment in time when I took my faith seriously. This is the moment in time when I decided I was going to begin to pursue God. And I would love to pray for you. If you'd lift your hand and let me know that's you. Just say, Tim, that's me. Today, I'm going to start taking this journey with Christ. Let me begin to follow him. Would you lift your hand? Let me pray for you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I pray for our brother and sister here that indeed there would be a presence of newness, Lord, from your spirit in their heart right now. Behold, you make all things new. Former things have passed away. That's what your scripture tells us. And behold, all things are new. So bring your newness of life to my brother, to my sister, in this moment. Now. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. You can learn more about us and access a video archive of our messages by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel led to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or download the PushPay app on your smartphone and search for Seacoast Vineyard Church.